8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second Abiah, and the name and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, meaning money, and took bribe and perverted judgment. You call that mammonism, that's a shame. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy way. Now, right now, make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken to the voice of the people in all that they sent to thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they rejected me, that I should reign over them. We're going to pray together. Like Pentecostals pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your anointed word. Thank you for the privilege to speak your word. There's a word you want to bring to us tonight that's relevant for the times. Speak to us, God. Transfer knowledge to us. Wisdom. Understanding. I pray thee, O God, grant utterance. Illumination, revelation, inspiration from the service. In the name of Jesus. And help us to tell this to the world. And reach them wherever they are. For the time is short. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. I don't need to tell you, like I said before, that our earth is not billions and billions and trillions of years old. It's not. It's not at all. Our world is very young. From the day God started the creative days, we're now living in the sixth creative day. The sixth creative day since God made Adam. 4,000 years passed since Adam to Jesus Christ, the last Adam. And since Christ was on earth to today, 2,000 plus 15 years have gone. That's almost 6,000 years. And if you search the Bible, each of those creative days are literally 7,000 years long. This earth will only be, will only be 42,000 years. Years old, no matter what anybody 
tells you. The seventh day does not have an ending. It has a beginning, but no ending. It will go forever, forever. And everybody in this church that right now, you may not have been taught this, but I'm teaching you tonight. We are progressing. We are pressing, advocating to be a part of the seventh creative day, which has neither beginning nor ending of time. I, in prayer, recognize that after the grave, time is irrelevant. Time ceases to be relevant to those who pass on from this present world. Once you leave this earth, the sun and the moon has no relevance to you. The weather is irrelevant. Your work is irrelevant. Your family is irrelevant. You've now entered into eternity, which always was before you were born. Everybody will go back to eternity. And time, all time is, is just a drop in the bucket that God placed there to give you some significance about you finding God. Now, we are in the end of time. And people don't realize it. In the beginning, notice the word, in the beginning, before that word was used, in the beginning, God is. God always will be. There will be no other God beside God. God always will be. God is. God is. God is. And there will never be any other time, amen, that ever shall be. In the beginning, God is. God is. And then God made the sun, the moon, and the stars to give us time. Who do you suppose reign over the universe? Who do you suppose reign over the heavens? The Bible says the heavens rule. Book of Daniel says the heavens rule. Earth does not dictate to God how this earth or world should operate. Ah, we got speculators, we got prognosticators, but Paul asked the question Where are the disputers of this world? Where are the wise hearted? God confound them. And God make fools out of them and still is doing that. Just simply mean we're being deceived, we are being messed up, and we are believing a lie and be damned by scientists and so-called men of philosopher. Now, the Bible knows that God reigns. He is king of kings. He's king over the universe. And since God created the earth to time, God is king over the earth. Nobody else is king. We're going to read about kings amongst the angels. Angels and cherubims and seraphims are not called kings. They're either angelic beings, cherubims, or such like. Or they may even call a prince. But they will not be called king. For there's only one king that reigns, and that's God. God alone is king. Now, who's the first king on earth? Well, you can find in the Bible. It will tell you the first earthly king. When God is king, that's called God is reigning. When God sets up a man to reign in his absence, 
physical absence or visible presence. God said, I want you rain, and you call that theocracy. That means God reigning through a man. God reigning through a man. When God is present, He doesn't need that man. When God is absent, God needs that man. Now, I know God can't be absent. God is omnipresent. The world can't even contain Him. Much more talking about God being absent. Where can you go that God doesn't exist? He's gone near and far. He's everywhere. He never left, never has come. He was always here. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He knows everything. He's omniscient. And He's all-powerful. mean omnipotent. Now, here we have Israel in Egypt. Israel in Egypt. Coming out of Egypt. And God gave them men of God that reigned over them. A tabernacle plan. It's on the wall right there. You can see it. That's a theocratic government. When they speak, they said, This is the thing that the Lord requires to be done. This is the commandment of the Lord. This is the statue of God. This is the ordinance of God. This is the precept of God. It's not Moses' Ten Commandments. Moses don't have no commandments to give. Moses has no law to give. Moses himself have to be subject to the same law. Even the priesthood have to be subject to the same law. God is king over all his creation. Hello? Now, outside of God's realm of reigning on the earth, we got we know from the Bible that Canaanites didn't want to worship God. They do their own thing. Nimrodites, those are Nimrods. They worship their own gods. But the people of God, they, God reigned over them. And God reigned through individuals. Now, some people said, well, I'd rather listen to God than you. Just a minute, friend. I hope you're right. Because if that's God-ordained leader, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, I can't say I want to talk to the Queen direct and I ignore the RCMP. It's not going to work. The RCMP come in the name of the Queen. And when they speak, she speaks. When the governor speaks, she speaks. And you better not resist that power. Can't say amen. And so, we find that the heathens have kings. They have their kings that they set up not by God, but by political means either by war or by sword. For example, if you go in the book of Genesis, go there very quickly with me, and I believe in the 14th chapter, you read about a world war, long before we have World War II and one. it talk about the battle of the kings. These are not godly kings. Hallelujah. These are five kings fighting four kings. Sound like today. Like East and West competing right now in Europe, in the Middle East, also in Russia. Kings against kings. And here they are fighting. But Israel 
had God as her king. Now the man called uh, Lot made a terrible choice. He chose to go home with a king that was not theocratic. He went home with a king that was democratic. That's amazing. He said, well, democracy is not in the Bible. I'll prove it to you it's in the Bible. Now it says, when Abraham delivered Lot from the captivity, Lot went back with the king of Sodom. Abraham went home with the king of Salem. Let me tell you who the king of Salem is. The seventh chapter of Hebrew. King of Salem, king of Jerusalem, king of righteousness, king of holiness. That means God is their king. If you read other places in Jeremiah and Isaiah, God says he is the king of Israel. And so Israel is reigned over by God. God in the days of Moses, visible. As Shekinah in the day and the cloud at night. I mean, the cloud in the day and the Shekinah at night. But when they come, amen, to the promised land, they were still under leadership of men that were governed by God. That's called theocracy. There is a difference between heathen kings and a spiritual king. Jesus says, you don't copy the leadership of this world. Leadership of the world makes themselves lords. But leadership in the church makes themselves servants to all. In other words, he inverted the triangle. Rather, you being on the top of the apex, you're at the bottom. <laughs> and everybody you're trying to lead is on top of you, on your shoulder. But in the world, it's the reverse. At the very top are the leaders, and the bottom are the people they're reigning over. Are you with me? That's the organization, the organizational chart of our systems. But God said, that's not how my kingdom works. My leaders are servants. They're not lords. But in the world, they exercise lordship. Israel is saying, I do not want a theocratic form of government to reign over my life. I want to do like they do in Sodom. Sodom asked Lot, who made you magistrate over us? That's what they said. Who made you ruler over us? You have no right to rule over us. What are they saying to him in chapter 19 of the book of Genesis? In other words, we are not governed by your law and legal system. You don't tell us what to do. We the people choose the way we want to live. And so we choose to live like sodomites. And you don't tell us we can't live that way. We are prospering, living the way we want to, idleness of time, fullness of bread, etc. And we live any way we want to, from the smallest to the, to the greatest. That's how they live. Are you with me? So they were under a different law. If you go back to the days of uh, uh, Mordecai, this wicked man said, Haman, their laws are diverse from our law. 
In fact, Israel dress code, night codes, and, and walking code, and living code were so different. 613 laws that God's kingdom levied on Israel and said, that's what you live. That's what you obey. And those laws separate you from everybody. Are you with me? Now, when you come to leadership, God chose Aaron, God chose Moses, and God chose Joshua. The people did not vote for them. It was not the people's choice. It was a declaration of God who would represent him and he would use his oil of anointing to, to say they are in his place. Now, we come to the Judges. In the book of Judges, there were no kings where? In Israel. We read at the end of that chapter, it said there was no kings in the Israel, chapter 21. And every man did that which was right in his own eyes. In other words, the people reign. The people rule. The people choose how they want to live. They do what they want to do. And God have no say in it. So that's a kingdom where the people is the head. And anybody else involved, amen, can only represent their interests, but not their own interests. You understand that? Doing which is right in their own eyes. There's no leadership. Now Samuel came on the scene, and Samuel took the place of the Lord and began to reign over Israel. And Samuel got too old, amen, too bad his sons didn't walk in his footprints, and they were not good enough to replace him. The people saw that, that these guys take bribe. They preach for money. They preach for all these things. And he said, now, you know what? We don't want these guys to be our judges. They're not qualified as judges. They have the same problem we have. Get rid of them. We need a king. And here's the a, here's a, a sad part. Give us a king like the nations around us. You know what they're saying? Give us democracy. King reigned by the will of the people. We do not want theocracy. We want a kingdom that is of the world system. My God, that's a problem. When a kid comes home from school and says, I want to go where my friends go, same party, same everything, and he says, you can't go, you're different. And they can understand that difference. Well, Israel, we want a king. And Samuel knew what it meant. And Samuel was grieving. And God said, just a minute, don't grieve. Because you know what? They're fulfilling my foreknowledge. I know what it's going to lead to. God said, give them the king they desire. God talked to them about their king and said, any kingdom beside mine are not going to be one of benevolence. going to be one of malevolence, one that takes... Takes, 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 take, take, take. About ten times God told them what's going to happen. They said, nah, we don't care. We still want a visible king. We don't want any more theocracy to be over us. Now, it's in a time when people do what's right in their own eyes. Now, you all recall, when they chose Saul, and Saul became king, not one time that Saul, King Saul, 
ever submit to the will of God. Not one time. He always says, I did what the people wanted. Deadly. Any pastor who do that can't miss hell. I did what the people wanted. Three times God journeyed him in a journey. And he said, the people pressured me to do what I know you said not to do. In other words, here was democracy in operation. And theocracy is cast out the door. You can tell those who will live for God as new converts, those who will not do what the church says, and those who will continue living the way they want to live. In other words, they'll come in the church, and they will not put on the wedding garment, but they'll still participate until the king comes. And when he comes, look around and say, Get out of here! You don't belong here! Because he says, You had enough time to make the change. And obviously, you make a decision. Amen. Now, and so from that time, we begin to see that the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God is always two forces that compete. Now, what's so strange is God called for David. God chose David, not the people. God chose David because Saul was really the people's choice. And God's choice was so so negative and so small and so... <laughs> Negligent as far as they're concerned. And God said, that's my man. I want him to be king. And know it's him. Now, in those days, when you're king, they don't come and put a crown on your head. All they do is put a crown of anointing. The anointing oil is on his head. And David went back to the, the chores he was involved in. Kind of strange. Now you got two kings over Israel. One, the people's choice. And one is God's choice. And so the Bible says, no... Here is how Saul ended his kingdom. And you should realize it because there's a mystery revealed here. Saul, rejecting the counsel of God, submitting to the will of the people, eventually was possessed by demons. An evil spirit possessed him. There are times... When he threw javelin at his son. Times when he would throw javelin at David. Times when evil spirit possessed his mind. And he could not control it. And the only time he could control it was when a godly person come and begin to sing a godly song. And that song was drive away the evil spirit. But Saul is possessed by devils. Saul is demonically possessed. And that's what happened to the people's king. Now he reigned for 40 days, 40 years. That kind of strange. But as far as God is concerned, he's not of God. When he prophesied, he was naked. Yet he prophesied. He saw a witch <laughs> involved in witchcraft. What's witchcraft? It's a symbolic of what? Rebellion? Because disobedience is as a sin of what? Witchcraft. Amen? And stubbornness as what? Demonism. 
God talked about that. So we can see here now, there's a theocratic government, and here is a democratic government. Let me put you some background here. In your Bible, in the Bible, Matthew 4 and verse 8, it talks about Satan calling earth the kingdoms of his world. Luke 4, 5. He said, all the kingdoms of the world, they're mine. So he's saying, he is the king of the earth. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, we read again, an advocacy said that, for God said, the devil is called the God of this world. Can you believe that Satan, who is a fallen cherub angel, is now being called God? Because that's what he wanted to be a long time ago. In the 14th chapter of Isaiah and Ezekiel 28, what did he say? I am God. I want to sit in the seat of God and show himself as God. Now, that ambition that Satan had was passed on to Adam. Adam passed on to Cain. Cain passed on to the world. And the world have the gods of this world. Hello? Now, in Second Thessalonians 2, verse 4, we read that there is a man that will one day come and reign over this entire world and sitting in the seat of God. He's the same person in Ezekiel 28, 1 to 9. He's the same person... In Isaiah 14, 12 to 14, he's the same person that John 12, 21 called, Thou the prince of this world. He cometh and have nothing in me. Like he had in Judas. He had nothing on me. I mean, it's not in me. Church, hear me, my friend. It's happening right now. The world is possessed and don't know it. You don't know this, but the devil has a way of possessing people. Some is violently possessed, and some is intellectually possessed, and some is morally possessed. Hello? And some is politically possessed. But they're all possessed by demons. Amen. And if they ever get converted, God has to turn them from the powers of Satan to the power of God. Every convert must be turned from the powers of Satan to the power of God where they can one day say, Greater is he that is in me, reigning over my life, than he has in the world. Because we're servants to whom we obey. I don't care how many law parliament pass. I don't care how many security guards they have. You can't fight devils with human weapons. Paul says you can't do it. The weapons of the church is not carnal. That's why we don't need it. But it's mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Somehow we can cast out devils. Somehow we can step on serpents and scorpions. Somehow we can command spirits to leave. But we can't do it with guns or weapons or knives. It just don't work. So there is a kingdom of this world. There is a prince of this world. And in chapter 4 of the book of James, and verse 4 to 5, it says, Amen. 
friendship of this world is enmity with God. He's not talking about the mountains and the trees. Come on, someone. He's not talking about rivers and hunting and fishing. God made that. He's talking about the systems of the world. You don't know it, but you know the world is like the days of Sodom. They changed, hello, the laws of the family. It's happening in our midst. And First John 2.15, it says, If any man love this world, the love of God is not in him, and he become an enmity of God. Well, what's so wrong about the systems of our world? There's something wrong with it. What is the world forcing on other nations? Democracy! Democracy become the mantra of the world. Every country in the world, including Jamaica and the Caribbean and elsewhere, are told by the IMF and all the countries, you do democracy or we shut you down. Why is democracy the rising power? That little old beast coming up from the background and every nation are being forced to do it. I'm going to tell you something later on. In chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, The world knoweth us not, because it knew not Him. If the church is doing the right thing and of God, the world is not going to recognize us. The world will not hear us, for we speak not of this world. We speak of the world to come. Now, in case you doubt me, go to the 21st chapter of Revelation and look very quickly and see, There is a world to come. And this present world in Second Peter chapter 3 is reserved for fire and brimstone and to be dissolved. That's why Paul says, Demas love this present world. But God calls us out of the world into the world to come. In chapter 3 verse 13, First John, if the world hates you, is it because you're not off the world. And I know why people are so surprised on the job. You're hated. Why do they hate you? <laughs> Amen. Government don't like you and make laws to restrain and constrain you. Why? Because you're a nonconformist. You refuse to be led by the laws of the land. You chose to be governed by the law of God. In other words, your king is not in England. Your president is not in the USA. Your government is not in Ottawa. We're governed by angels and heavens and the Lord Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And our laws are different. Our codes are different. Our family laws are different. And yet we are living in a time when democracy is being forced in us. We are no different than the apostles who live in a time when Romanism was being forced upon the early church. And they had to choose between Caesar or Christ. And many lost their life for Christ because they would not burn incense to Caesar. And they wouldn't sacrifice to their devils. And they wouldn't submit to their laws because they were contrary to the laws of Almighty God. I'm trying to tell somebody, friend, we 
understand the times that we're living in. And the title of my message tonight is Theocracy or Democracy. Which one is going to rule our life and our home? Think about it. Will I be ruled by theocracy or democracy? Now, it's amazing how when two evil forces are fighting, the less of the two evil win the war. And God may even support the less of the two evil. But He's against both evils. Hello? And if there's lesser evil in the world, democracy might be even more seemingly more friendlier than more Sharia law or other oligarchical law or different laws that men have. There are many laws in our world, many systems of government, and none unified, but there's coming a day when there will be a unified one that will reign over us if we're still here. Now it says of the world... Hated us, it hated him first. First John 4, 5. So I'm trying to tell you, my friend, that the world is different from the church. So, Pastor, what's the secret here? The 12th chapter and verse 9 of Revelation. Now, I know we all think we're smart. We all think we're in control. I think I'm smart. I think I run my life. I think I'm the, the Lord of my life, but I can do what I feel like. Do I really feel that way? Is it really true? The 12th chapter of Revelation and verse 9 says... And the devil that deceiveth the whole world. The word whole means entire. What's deception? You hold to a lie in believing it's truth. It come dressed up as truth. It looked like truth. Smell like truth. Almost tastes like truth. Bless God, when you try the Spirit, it's not of God. And if it were possible... The very elect of God would be fooled. Think about it. Chapter 13, verse 9. You think people worship devils? They do right beside you. They do it at your workplace. You watch all the time. The gods of America, you know what it is? Sports. Sex. Money. Saving Canada. And the third world envy that, too. They would like to have a piece of the cake. <laughs> Call the pleasures of sin more than the pleasures of God. Hallelujah. Chapter 13, verse 4. And the world wonder and worship the dragon. Nobody I know on earth must say, I worship the devil. Very few fanatics will say that. A bunch of nuns, you know, people who are crazy. Amen. Everybody know what agnostic means? It means somebody who is ignorant. They don't know. I don't want to be an ignorant agnostic person. Chapter 12 of Revelation, verse 13. Look right now. And the dragon persecute the woman, which is Israel. Look at verse 14 and 17. And the dragon and the people working together. What is democracy saying to Israel? Give back land that God gave to you. Move back landmark that God said you should not move. What is the UN telling Israel to do? What is America telling Israel to do? What does Canadian government want Israel to do? To violate the commandment of God. Don't move the landmark. You can't do certain things and not violate the cause of God. In other words, chapter 14 at the book of uh, uh, Zechariah, I will gather all nations 
against Israel. Because Israel is supposed to rule by theocracy. And as long as Israel used theocracy, she's going to say, this is my holy promised land. And the Gentile going to say, hogwash, nonsense, move back, or we come and we take it by force until Jesus come. Amen. And change all that. Amen, church. Chapter 20 and verse 1. The dragon identified as a serpent and the dragon called Satan. Now, you may not believe it, but people are suicidal. Is that in the Bible? Sure it is. Can you prove it? Yes. It says, in our day, people will seek death and shall not find it. I'm going to tell you something by revelation. A lot of people are going to try to commit suicide and it will not work. Because the breath has to leave the body for that body to die. And if God don't authorize the leaving of that breath, it stays in that body. Because the body can do nothing, but God said the breath goes back to God who gave it. After death comes what? Judgment. After judgment come heaven or hell. There is no purgatory. I want you to know in church, democracy is lying to us. Democracy wants you to violate the theocratic laws of God. You and I can't go in any court and defend your family on the basis of the Bible. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. In fact, they're going to mark you as a mad person. They're going to write you as crazy. If you correct your child, that's child abuse. Hey, our laws are different. Democracy is okay. Two men can marry each other because of family. Two women can become a wife and husband. I don't know how they do that, but it's okay. It's, it's tolerant. It's okay. But theocracy says no. Can't do that. That's what caused this man his life. Ahab killed Nabal because Nabal said, I cannot sell my vineyard. The Bible forbid that I should sell my vineyard. I wish we had a boy Joseph in our churches who said, how can I do this? It may be okay in Egypt, but it's not okay where I come from. If I do this, I'm sitting against God. Now, church, in chapter 11, verse 13 to 15. Now, when you look at this now, this is amazing. It's amazing how the church and parliament and the courthouse do the same. Go visit the courthouse tomorrow. I promise you, it look exactly like this. The guy dressed like a preacher. Got a black robe on. Got a big old book, a black book right there. And the Bible to the side. <laughs> Hello? And the desk is the same color. And he sits there like God. And he passed judgment like God. And he made decisions like God. But even though he's got the Bible, that Bible is not defendable in the courthouse. You swear by it, but you don't live by it. That's democracy. 
You swear by the Bible, but you don't live by it. You don't believe me? You get in trouble and go to court. That's what the Bible says. That's a locker up. Contempt of court. Hello? You're going to jail. Your weakest defense is calling on the Bible as a reason for spanking your child. And they call those guys ministers. In chapter 11, I'm not just a magistrate and judges and all that stuff. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Chapter 11 and verse 30 to 15. He said, No wonder Satan ministers transform themselves into ministers of what? Christ. Operating as if they are one of us. Now, I want you folks to go home and do homework for me. Look up the word ecumenical. What does that mean? Ecumenical simply means seven women taking hold of one man and say, we'll be called by your name. Amen. And we will be governed by your umbrella. But we'll all do our own thing. Democracy does not interfere with your politics as long as you do what they say. Give the people what they want. Democracy government says, you do what the people want. People want assisted suicide? Government pass it. People want gay marriages? Government pass it. People want whatever they wanted? Government pass it. You know why? Because it's a political system where the word democracy means the voice of the people is the voice of God. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible was given to man to run our life. That's psychology, our trigonometry, hello, our philosophy. And the world will be judged not by those books on the shelves over there. When the world comes before God to be judged, He will open six to six books. And from the king to the man in prison, the baby in the cradle, will be judged by this. So you choose how you want to die. doesn't matter how you live, but it doesn't matter how you die. Because when it's all over, you'll be judged by this. Now, church, hear me now. I'm going somewhere. Every person in North America have something that they that they envy in the Middle East and they envy in China and Russia and those kind of countries. Number one, they envy American and North America's freedom of religion. Number two, they envy freedom from religion. Number three, they envy Europe and North America freedom of expression. And number four, they envy separation of state and religion. The only government and form of governance that allows those four libertines will be democracy. Democracy is the only one that guarantees these. And the only time these might change is when martial law is in operation. There's a war on. And we don't know who is who. 
So we tattoo you and number you. But not church, hear me right now. Stay with me, please. Freedom of religion. Freedom from religion. Freedom of expression. Freedom, amen, between state and religion is diabolical to Sharia law. Sharia law is the law of Allah and Muhammad. You can't practice Sharia law and have freedom of religion. You can't have freedom from religion. You can't have freedom of expression. And you can't have separation of state and religion. And that is what, listen now, democracy guarantees around the world. And therefore, there will never be a coming together between Islamic world and the Western world. They'll never merge. And the fifth one is the voice of the people is the voice of God. No other countries believe that except a democratic system. Well, democracy didn't start in the States or in England. It started with King Saul, the people's choice. And if you study your Bible... Let me shock you. Stay with me, please, because you're living in that time. By 2018, I think your boots will be on fire. Your backside will be on fire. Your shirt will be on fire because the world will change so fast, you won't have time to even smell the smoke. Right now, they're, they're just starting between destruction and construction. It takes 70 years to build this world and one minute to destroy it. You don't know it, but right now our world is fulfilling Daniel chapter 2. It says, Daniel chapter 2, in the latter days, our world will be affected. God told Nebuchadnezzar this, that Iraq, Persia, Greece, and Rome are going to reign over the earth in some form or another. But notice one thing, they're going to succeed each other. Iraq will, 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 will fall. Persia will rise up. Persia will fall. And then Greece will rise up. Greece will fall. And then Rome will take over. And Rome will be the one that faced the king of kings. I don't believe it. My friend, read the news. Look in the paper. And what's the cry of the West? Democracy. Iraq says no. Democracy. Persia says no. Greece says I don't know. And Rome said it doesn't matter how you do it. Mix them all together. Which one is going to reign? He said I don't believe that. Let me go on some more. Go to chapter 7 of the book of, of Daniel. Go there please. Because Jesus Christ said when you see the abomination spoken by Daniel know that the days are upon us. up on us. Who is the bear in our world today? Is it not Russia? Is it not? Who is the lion of the day? Is it not England? 
Who's the Who's the leopard? Isn't it Germany? And who's the beast? None of the script. Isn't it Rome? And if you search your Bible, Iraq, Persia, Greece, Rome, and all these countries all link together. They came out of each other. You don't know this. England reigned over all those countries before. England reigned over Iraq, Persia, and all these countries. But Alexander lost in the Seleucid Empire and the Ptolemy Empire. And yet we're seeing a rising up of it in our world. And we see the battle is for our brain. The battle is for us. Theocracy versus Sharia and democracy. Right now, the world has pushed theocracy out of the world's map. Nowhere does the true church is the head. We are the tail running for our lives. We are confronted with Sharia and democracy. One is violent towards us, and one is mm, politically against us very clandestine way. Democracy is not very vicious by cutting your heads off, but it cuts your rights off in court and laws. Hello? And cuts off your rights and your freedom very slowly. So it's not as violent. Now, you, you guys don't know this. Let me talk to you one more time. Daniel chapter 3. Go there. Let's see some examples of the truth God's trying to tell us. Church, you need to know this. I don't, I'm not here to tell the whole world. I'm here to tell you. Amy, we've got we to gotta be saved. We want to know what's going on. Now, if you don't want to know what's going on, you may tiptoe and go to the door tonight. But I'm going to tell you, those who want to stick around for a while, because it's happening right before your eyes. Daniel chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. It said... In verse 1, 14 and 15, there was a forced state religion. It was a microcosm of things to come in the days to come. Let me tell you, church, the Old Testament was a what? A schoolmaster to bring us to the New Testament. Everything in the Old going to be repeated in the New, but on a more cataclysmic manner, in a greater manner. Hello? Forced state religion. Chapter 5. Four and, verse four, 4 and verse 5. Amen. You can see that they were told they have to bow. They have to worship. Right now we're not told that. But during the Renaissance and during the, the, the time of the Spanish amen, Inquisition, people were actually burnt. I don't know why we're so surprised that they burned a Jordanian, amen, by Isis, when the Romans did the same thing. And England did the same thing. In fact, they were in a state that burned them in a stake. Literally, out of fire, and burned them. Publicly. Not only there, but around the world. In verse 5, forced worship. Verse 2 to 4, we find forced religion. Verse 7, you could not express how you feel about any other God than the one the government wants you to serve. 
you haven't traveled, folks, but please travel to the Middle East. Travel down and see if you can carry your Bible into some of these places. It's not allowed. You can't worship any gods you feel like. You're going to worship the state god. Think about it. Democracy is fighting that. And they're fighting back. In chapter 6 and verse 5 to 9, look at verse 7. The same thing again. Freedom from religious and worship was not allowed. In verse 7, 13, in fact, verse 7, 10, 12, and 13, they were forced into a state religion. In verse 7, in verse 10, they were denied expressive of their own private belief. In verse 12, they were forced into a religion. Whether they were religious or not, they had to bow. They had to bow. Whether you believe or not, you better bow. And then in verse 13, you had to pray or worship. You didn't have the choice. Democracy gave that at least that much. And that made democracy look good. But I'm going to save the punchline for democracy, what it really means. You're going to shock you off your shoes. Now, verse chapter 13, go there, please, Revelation. And verse 3 to 8, notice what happened here. It says there was no freedom of religion if you missed the rapture. Right now, we are at the verge of Christianity being run off the earth. Christianity is not a defense in any court of law. You're looked upon as troublemakers, bigots, <laughs> anti-government, social dropouts, rejects. And the law said the world would hate you. And the world don't recognize you. Verse 8, chapter 13. They worship that beast. One world worship. In verse 15, there was no freedom of expression. You take the mark and you bow or you die at the chopping off your head. Did you read it right there? What's our day? Verse 11 to 12 and 15 to 17. No freedom of religion. You are told, do it or else. And verse 16 and 17, one world religion. The whole world worshiping. Amazing, isn't it? Democracy is asking for unity. One world currency. One world religion. One world government. But at the expense of what? Freedom of expression. Freedom of worshiping. Amen. Don't feel sorry for Elijah. You're going to have the same problem. You're going to have to face 850 false prophets that come against you and tell you you're a cult. Hallelujah. And you better be able to call down fire from heaven rather than stone you to death. Hear me, church. The word democracy mean ready for it? First, let me set you up. What does the word Santa mean? Santa really is the guy that would take the place of Jesus Christ. In color, in looks, in hair, in feature, 
and he knows what you're thinking. That means he's, he's omnipresent. He knows when you're good for when you're bad. Only God knows those things. And he gives gifts. Only God alone gives gifts. He said, Pastor Neil, you are out faster. You're way out. I'm not way out. Church, Santana means Satan. Satan. And what did Satan told Jesus? All this will I give you. I'll give you all the gifts you want. If you just worship me. And what did Jesus told him? Get behind. Don't lead me. I'll lead you. How different is Santa from chapter 13? Where you are made to worship the image. When I don't worship image, you will or you die. Well, it won't happen. Isis is giving a taste of it. They catch you. They give you a chance. Amen. To say their religious thing called the Karatus. Amen. And if you don't say it right, they can cut your head off. So what's, what's that? I'll tell you what it means. Hold on for a minute here. Now, Churchill said, and I quote this, Democracy is the least bad of all of the systems of government. Produced out of human experience. Did you know democracy is actually two words which mean demons crazy. Demon crazy. From the Greek word demos, common people. The people are possessed. I want you to go down with me to Ephesus in, in down there in uh, that country called, uh, what's it called where we were before. Down there in, in uh, what's it called? Turkey. Ephesus. How many hours did they scream, Great is Diana? Two hours, none stop. They cried, Great is Diana. What do the Syrian lost people cry when they cry? Allah hook bar, some other thing like that? Or they cry, Allah is great. For how long? Same behavior as in Acts chapter 18. They scream their head off because Paul preached that Jesus was the Christ. And he conflict their teaching on Ephesus, goddess. And they scream for two hours. What did it do to government? Government bowed to the pressure of the mob. We are living in North America and around the world where there's a, the crime of appeasement. And little by little, freedom of religion, freedom from religion, freedom of expression, and separate state from religion is taken away from us. And you are, you are the frog in the kettle. You're being cooked and don't even know you're being boiled. Because they, they drop in the frying pan, suddenly you jump right out. But slowly, but surely. Did you know the Bible is against democracy? Samuel was against it. He said, God is your king. That's not what they told Jesus. Caesar is our king. You know who Caesar was? A wolf. They put rebels raised by a wolf. And the master said, the wolf coming and scare the sheep. Huh? 
is Kairos in 325 A.D. And beyond that in many other councils. Where? Down in that same country. What's it called again? Turkey. That always end up on your table. Now, church. Church is the one who preaches to you. They're a lullaby you into bed. I'm trying to wake you up and tell you the time is coming. Then you got to realize which of those systems are king over you. Who's your king? Who is your king? Who is your king? Democracy means everybody do what's right in their own eyes. In other words, we don't mind you protest. Protest all you want to. Say what you want to. Do what you want to. But just don't break up any buildings. Is that what they do? People's rule. You know, the worst thing a parent can do is let your child rule the house. You're going to raise up a criminal. You're going to raise up a kid that the police got to shoot one day with taser gun or with real gun or baton. Because society won't tolerate it. They won't tolerate it. Democracy has become the cure-all mantra. It is a lie. Maybe it's a lie. Or is it the confidence trick? Nations are being forced politically, economically, to become a part of it. And if they don't, you can't buy or sell. Except the big brother says you can. You don't even realize Russia can't buy or sell right now because somebody says so. That day's already here. We're seeing people losing their head, chopping their heads off, and nobody do anything about it. Here's the law of democracy. The majority rule. Let's say it's true. 5% <laughs> of the wealth of this world is in the hands of the majority, of, of the minority. And 95% of the rest of us are poor. Or I'll put it this way. 95% of the world population is poor. Only 5% really control the purse string of our society. You can't even run for presidency in the USA. You can't afford it. You can't even afford to run for government in your local government. It's for the rich, not for the poor. And the policies only last for how long? As long as he's in office. Maybe it's good intention. Minority rule the majority. Because the decision makers never live where you live, never felt the pain you felt, never walk where you walk. Amen. But it's a Greek mythology that one time ruled Athens. The world today is ruled by the Roman system and the Grecian system. You say, I don't believe it. What does January mean? It's the name of the goddess Janus that look in the past and the future. Why do we have New Year's every day? Every year. Janus looking back and forward. Is that right? And Greek gave us the term, this lie, called democracy. Which means, supposedly, freedom of the people. But it's not true. What I found in the Greek system here is that the word democracy is demotic, which means to divide. It means demons. It means opposite to erratic, which means holy. 
and the word karatos mean rule. Combined together, you get demon rule, which will be the same thing as Antichrist reigning over the world. Now the word, they don't want theocracy. They want, I mean, democracy. Because it's the way to go. The Greek are responsible for spreading this lies around the world. My question to you is, write this down. Democracy? Is it not two words? Democracy? Gracias? Demotic? And gracia mean possession? Think of it. Demonic possession. Is it possible that North America's and the Western world are demonic? They're anti-God. Cathedrals are turned into museums and bars. Muslims have more respect for the Koran than we have for the Bible. In democracy, you can curse God and get away with it. You can blaspheme against the Lord and get away with it. You can blaspheme the Bible and get away with it. Democracy allows you to do that. Democracy allowed to make caricature of God. Belittle Christianity on any low level you want. Calls name, calls anything you want to. But it can never happen with Sharia law. Never will happen. It's death. Destruction. So, my question is, can Christianity survive? Relevance. Why do people want assisted suicide these days? I'll tell you why. Most of the people who are saying that have never read their Bible. And they do not know that after death comes judgment. And they think they're dying with dignity, only dying in a destiny where they cannot return. No sickness on earth qualify you to die, to go into eternity without Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, I'm a God of the living, not of the dead. Think about it. Death in the Bible is an enemy, not to be loved, not to be embraced. I come that you may have life, and more abundantly, anybody who embraces death as a friend is misguided. Don't understand what they're talking about. Death is an enemy of man. Death puts you in hell, not fossils, hell. And democracy allow you to take your life. So call with dignity. Do it any way you want it. People's rule. Just don't rock the boat. Democracy simply means demonic possession. There are more people walking on the street that demonically possessed there in the hospital. Serial killers. Multiple killers. Jailhouse full of them. Kids rising up. Committing heinous crimes. And the penalty is so ridicule, so silly. Don't even match the crime. If the world is demonically possessed, then it means our sacrifices to devils. Our worship. And some outlandishness said, I go to the Satan's church, which Christ called the synagogue of Satan. Hello? Most of the things that we hold true to Take Halloween, Devil's Night. 
Devil's night don't happen where Sharia law is. I said, Devil night don't happen where China is. Where does it happen? In democratic countries. For we welcome demons and we laugh about it. We talk about it. Am I promoting Sharia law? No. I'm just saying they don't entertain it. They run from it. They're scared of it. They're scared of hell too. Democracy means we must have demonic possession. I'm going to tell you before I close tonight. If we live to miss the rapture, and I hope we don't, every man on earth, without fail, every man, every woman, every child, every devil, we're going to be devil-possessed. Once God lift up His Spirit, and it's off the earth, like He possessed Judas, He will possess everybody. And they will worship the dragon, which is Satan. They worship the serpent, which is the devil. And the beast. And they will say, Who is able to make war with them? Until Jesus showed up in the sky. Would you stand tonight? Democracy comes from the Greek word. Democratia. Which consists of two words. Demos, people. Karatos, power. People, power. The only power I know is Jesus said, I will give you power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I can I tell you, I don't know I'm going to step on ice right now. People are piercing their flesh. Please, guys, don't walk around as I'm preaching, please. Just respect the moment. Don't go outside. Don't move. There it is. Start where you are. Don't move, boys. Nobody go outside. Why do we pierce our body? Why do we masquerade our hair? Why do we dishonor the body? That should be the temple of God. When I was in Asia, I saw them bow to a statue that was made of rotten wood. I saw tears. I said cries. I saw and smelled incense burn. I saw them feed things they could not eat. Called to gods who cannot hear. It was no different than bound to Mary's statue. But that was the state, and they told us the state religion. Just like Santana means Satan, democracy means demonic possession. You know, the President of the United States. People are afraid of them. They feel they're connected to the Illuminati and other demonic groups, cultic, large groups. I don't know anything about that myself. But I can tell by the law they pass, they violate every commandment of the Bible. Because they said it doesn't matter what the people want. Give them. What they want. That's what democracy is. That's what they told Egypt. Give the people what they want. That's what they told Persia and Syria. Give them what they want. And they said, no, by Sharia law, we don't do that. And Sharia law means 
state and religion are together. Democracy said, no, you separate the two. Hello? And it's a battle of two worlds. Which system do we belong to? I'm starting up your time tonight, but I want you to know this, church. Don't you ever ask your kid, whoa, whoa, do you want to go to Sunday school or not? They don't know what they're saying no to. It's like asking your kid, do you need nutrition or not? Or just all chips, 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 and nothing else. Chips, chips, chips. They want chips, 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 chips. Give them chips, 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 and they'll die from malnutrition. Would you bow your head right now? The God of this world, the God of democracy, is Satan. The kingdom of this world is his. And Revelation says, I saw all the kings of the earth gathered together to battle against the Lord of glory. The kingdom of this world will one day become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Can you wait to see that day, church, when Jesus Christ will become the king of this earth. Revelation says, the kingdom of this earth will become the kingdom of our God. My point tonight to tell you, even though we enjoy the liberty we have, but don't forget the laws are diverse from our laws. It's written in such a way that your Bible is not a defense in the court of law. They got Supreme Court that are more righteous than the Bible. Four men sit down and make decisions against what one God made in heaven. What about our world? That's why, church, we got a weakness. We got a weakness. We got to reach the loss. We got to reach the loss. I know it took a lot of your time, but please forgive me tonight. We got a weakness for God. And number two, we don't want to be left behind. I didn't want to stay behind in Asia when I was there. I don't want to go back to Rome. I want to go back to the Middle East. I'm going to live here. But little by little, the laws are changing. Pretty soon, nothing can do about it. My brother told me when he was preaching to me, he sat on the plane and watched two girls, I mean, friends kissing before everybody. And there's nothing they could do. Nothing they could do. Only democracy they could do that. They could not do what Sharia law was. It couldn't be done. Amen. Where a theocratic law is. Because, you see, democracy is a demonic possessed system not made of God. Anything that people choose always was contrary to God. It's God who chooses men. Theocracy is God reigning through a man. That man carrying out the commandments of the Lord. That man says, this is the thing that God requires. I have no input in it. I have no say. I'm just telling him what he told me to tell you. And then the rest is up to you. Lord Jesus, tonight we come to the end of this study. Lord, the night is far spent. We know your coming is near.